On this episode of the Big Stick Golf Podcast, we are recapping the Memorial. A lot going on. Uh, really disappointing uh, turn of events for John Rahm having to withdraw due to a positive COVID test. Uh, just really disappointing stuff there. We're going to get into that. But ended up being a really good uh, finish on Sunday. Uh, Rahm was up by seven or eight shots going into Sunday. And, you know, with him removed, obviously it opened up the tournament for. Uh, some other guys. So uh, good, good win for Patrick Cantlay. We had playoff golf, or sorry, sudden death golf. A little bit of some extra holes there. Uh, a lot to talk about, though. We're going to get into everything. Uh, that's it for me, though. Here's the podcast. The return to glory. I mean, any tour event's a big deal to win, but to win a major is obviously another level. There it is. Can you believe it? Nick Maldo! Oh, man, that was so much easier than putting. I should just try to get the ball in one shot every time. Welcome to the Big Stick Golf Podcast! Okay, everybody, welcome into the Big Stick Golf Podcast. We have a lot to discuss uh, this week. Well, not a lot of topics, just one major topic, I guess. It was uh, the Memorial this week is in the books. It ended up being a really good tournament. We're going to get into all of that, uh, but we have some uh, stuff to talk to you f- about first. I'm John Guest, joined, as always, by C-Money Carlton Smith. I mean, Carlton, we may as well dive right into it. This whole entire weekend ended up being the the John Rom COVID story, so kind of if you don't mind, give us like a little bit of a feed, like give us a kind of a rundown on just the the scenes and what happened uh, Saturday afternoon as he finished up his uh, his round and then just kind of how the, the news was broke about his COVID test. Well, I'm, from what I've read, the he was contacted by the PGA Tour Monday that said he was in he was in contact with somebody that tested positive, which it sucks. OK, we keep it moving. And. Throughout the week, I'm, I would think every single day he's tested. And for whatever reason, it's negative, negative, negative. And I know a lot of the, the asymptomatic stuff is different from person to person. They said that Saturday at 4, he popped positive. So they retested it. And just in time for about 6 o'clock. And I don't know, man. They, they show up on 18 with dudes in masks and tell them the, the news of the positive And I mean, if if I didn't know from the headline what it was, I'd I'd have thought something terrible had happened to his family or something. I just yeah. I wish the PGA would have maybe waited for him to get behind closed doors or, you know, like he's an emotional guy and the dude's up eight strokes. Like he pro- he arguably had the best day and a half of golf all year. Like he yeah. was had a hole in one birdie birdie. Like he's dominating this tournament. He's number one in uh, strokes gain off the tee number one uh green and red like every stat he was the guy and for it to get taken away from him kind of sucks man it's just yeah it's crazy it really does the highlight uh i saw well, it was sure the same one everybody saw but it wasn't during like the live broadcast but it, they had the cameras on him and it was literally right after he finished on 18 uh you know the officials came up to him and told him uh, you know, essentially, hey, you popped, you know, the, it is a confirmed positive and we've we've doubled it. Or did they do a test on him on like when he was on the like making the turn or something like what? I, no, I mean, I, I'd assume it was the test from that morning. Yeah. And it came back. Um, I was wondering how they did another test and confirmed it if it was like four I think o'clock. they just retested the sample. Oh, OK, to, OK, OK. To make yeah, sure. Yeah. 
just to make sure it wasn't a false positive. And if anybody is a phlebotomy expert out there, please. Uh, let Wait, us but know like, that. just the dude just just had his first kid. I mean, every oh, yeah. emotion in the world for him is obvious. Like he knows, but for us as a a public, like holy hell, man, <laughs> y'all yeah, can't yeah. do that behind closed doors. <laughs> yeah, maybe away from everybody and. If you were, if like, let's say you were just standing on the 18th hole after the Saturday round and you watched this unfold, you, you like, obviously, right when Rom got the news, he was, you know, real dis, dis, you know, distraught and he wasn't like acting crazy or anything, but he was like kind of hands in his, you know, put his yeah. hands in his head his, on his head on his face and put his, you know, his head down and he would, it was kind of really dramatically reacting. Obviously, it wasn't like an, an overreaction no. or anything. It was just reacting the way that you would imagine someone reacting when they, uh, pretty much were guaranteed to win their first memorial and also 1.8 million dollars that comes along along with it but i mean as close as a guarantee as you can get if you're going if you're up you know seven eight shots going into sunday uh, especially as playing as as well as rom was playing um you know it's just i this was obviously in my opinion it was it was when the pga was uh was thinking up scenarios this was probably exactly the worst case scenario they could have possibly imagined as far as you know this, this situation a guy completely dominating a tournament and, and then well, he's they... the defending champion like he's not yeah. like it's it's not uh, it's a situation where it wasn't no offense to next week's tournament or some of these smaller tournaments i mean outside of the majors this is like a top 10 tournament yeah to yeah play at and i would say this is like it, it would go yeah, like players, players, and WGCs, then, you know, all the tour championship, like, you know, leading up all those tournaments. Yeah. But, uh, this is like, it's right. Yeah. It's right there. It's one of the, it's like Everybody the Arnold Palmer. It. It's like the Arnold Palmer, the Memorial. Like, uh, I would say this is actually a bigger tournament than the Arnold Palmer. It's worth more money. Uh, it leads to more, uh, I think exemptions and stuff like all the little details that you for for this win is it's a little bit bigger, but yeah, this is, this is a huge tournament. I mean, it besides, I guess you're right. Besides it being a major, this is the worst case scenario as far as I don't know if the PGA is now going to rethink some of their protocols or um, at least they need to rethink like how they let the players know about about this stuff yeah, and and don't let it be a public be thing. And and obviously, if Rom's actively has COVID, then it's you know he needs to get kind of isolated. Obviously, anyways, just to I mean, if I was. I guess all the players that he played with throughout the week and, and everybody else he was around and everything was is is good as far as we know. But um, it, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm sure everybody was kind of scrambling once that news broke just to kind of like, was I around him? Like, who, who did he play with the first few rounds? Like, you know, um, I guess it, it, if it didn't lead to more things, more positive tests arising, I guess, then the PGA can maybe chalk, chalk it up as, a, you know, they're their protocols for the players, at least playing week in, week out, seem to be working pretty well. That doesn't seem like it's spread um, from player to player. But, yeah, man, just having a guy who's winning the tournament, not only just winning it, but winning it by a lot, he was pretty much a, a sure bet to, to go, go on and win the tournament. And then he's just removed uh, instantly from, from the tournament. I mean, it's just – it's wild. Like, it's Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine the PGA planning a, a, for anything more kind of intense and crazy to, to – to happen and just the way it did but uh, honestly i mean i he's apparently he's had covid before too so like he should it's pretty crazy like he he shouldn't he should be pretty good health wise obviously all week he felt fine he was winning it makes it even more impressive honestly he had he was ac actively had covid and then you know all the things that go along with it what we've heard over the last year year and a half and the fatigue and different people are different or whatever um you know some people get like brain fog and some people you know just you know 
fevers and stuff like that. But I guess he was good. And, and even beyond that was play was and felt so good that he went on to uh, play. I mean, you were right. I, I, I completely agree with you. Those first three rounds may have been the three best rounds anybody's played all year. Um, the course was playing really tough. They were dealing with uh, maybe not as tough as it could be, but they were dealing with like, it's tough to deal with rain delays and, and to keep your level of play consistent. And, and uh, he fought through all of that. And uh, not only did that, but with COVID took, was leading the tournament by seven, eight shots going into Sunday. So, I mean, I don't really know what else to say. I mean, it's just incredibly disappointing. Um, I don't know if, I mean, I don't know if he's could have done anything differently, but did they say who his, uh, who would he initially, who, who was the person or what, what was the situation on the Monday where he initially got in contact with someone who, who what was that? All? I don't, I don't think they have a, it, it could be anybody from somebody in his entourage or, Whoever it was, um, they—I don't think they've given a name yet. But well, I, I wonder how it would have gone if he had been vaxxed. I don't know what the PGA's because uh, if you're vaccinated, you can still get it and spread COVID, as far as I'm aware. But I don't know. I know some. I, what are there some sports that are saying if you're vaccinated, you don't have to take drug or the test anymore? I—I want to say that I heard that, but I sure. don't quote me on that. But um. I mean, yeah, I mean, I like the, NFL, the NFL is having like all coaches and like personnel have to do it, but players don't have to get vaccinated. Yeah, I think I, I think it was a soccer player I was reading about. Uh, yeah, it was it was Holland, uh, Erling Holland, who plays for uh, Borussia Dortmund, and they he kept the tally on all the COVID tests he took throughout the year, and it was something like six thousand or something. It was like insane, um, like multiple multiple tests per day on average, like three or four per day for the course of like over a year. And, um, he passed every one of them, but I, I was just reading that and I was like, I can't imagine doing that. And if, if you were to incentivize me, I mean, you know, who, who whatever your opinions are on these things, regardless, but if you were to incentivize me, like, Hey, you don't have to get tested anymore. If you get a vaccine, then I would be, I'd be like, Oh, really? I'm all over that. But I, but I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know what the PGA's, uh, stance is. I don't know. Like, I'm assuming some of the guys on tour have to be vaccinated at this point, but I don't know. Are they still getting tested? Like, are they required to like, you know, obviously I, I'm, I guess I'm trying to find a sort of a scapegoat or something, but uh, you know, if I just think it was just an incredibly unfortunate situation, but I don't know if it could have been helped out whether or not he was vaccinated. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know anything else. I mean, <laughs> It was tough, man. It was just tough. It was, uh, I can't imagine what he was going through. Like, and still to this day, he's got to be just seething with <laughs> anger right well, now. He, you know what? Like, I'll give it to him though. Like, he was the as professional as you can be with his response. Yeah. Like, he was very, I don't want to say PR, but I mean, he gets it. Like, it's mm -hmm. not something that he planned on, obviously. So, it's, it is what it is. Like, his, it was kind of out of his hands at that point. And maybe, maybe he like tightens his circle up or whatever the issue was with it. Um, but maybe it could be a wake up call too, because I oh, was yeah. hearing that the end of the this month the PGA was possibly looking into stop testing. So um we have a dude like John Rom with the kind of lead he had uh and the way he was playing pop, it, it might be uh sound the alarm a little bit and maybe just tighten you know, it's been a little bit lax lately, I guess, and maybe tighten yeah. it back up just in case. Because the last I, thing you want is for this to happen to the US Open. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping it's not uh any correlation of like fans and or anything like that i'm hoping it, i'm hoping it was at least some somebody that was you know close to him or whatever it may be but 
if it was a situation where they were able to prove that it was like a fan had COVID and then all these people got COVID from that fan and then one of them was a player and then that would be that would be crazy. But I don't think that's that's the situation. But uh, hopefully not at least. But yeah, I mean, hopefully this is at least a learning experience for everybody. Like I, <laughs> I don't really know what you can learn. Like how, like I said, I don't know if Rom could really do anything different. But uh, man, it's just you know, it's just it's tough. Like <laughs> imagine you know someone's uh a dangling a championship trophy and a, and a $1.8 million in front of your face. And then it's just snatched away real, you know, at the last second because of, a, you know, something we've been a pandemic that we've been dealing with for a long time. Like I said, if this was a guy who was like, you know, made the cut and it was Saturday and he, and he was, you know, in 30th place, then probably wouldn't even have made the news. It may have just been like a quick, uh, you know, Oh, so-and-so got uh, withdrew today. He popped positive for COVID and then, you know, they're, they're looking into his possible contact tracing. That would be it. That would probably be pretty much the entire uh, story. But since it was a guy in John Romstatcher leading a tournament by like seven, eight shots, that, that was, it was just crazy. Didn't expect that to happen. I remember uh, we had some, I, I personally had some uh, bets that were helped out by John Rom falling out. I know some of our friends did too. So, um, you know, as disappointing as it was, there was some really really selfish positives to uh come out of it um but yeah man just, either way hope wishing john rama speedy recovery i think he was i think he's fine i don't think he's really shown any symptoms or anything but hoping he's uh, back at it but either either way we had ended up having a pretty exciting golf tournament yesterday so it ended up being remote basically a three-way uh, battle between um three of the bigger names at least guys that we expect uh to be kind of up there and battling it out but it ended up coming to fruition and we had us uh patrick cantley colin morikawa and scotty uh, scheffler battling it out for the title um i think Cant- cantley has three wins and now well now he has four cantley ended up winning the playoff over uh morikawa but he has two memorials of, out of his four wins which is pretty impressive and uh and then, so Colin and Scotty. Scotty's never won before. Colin's going to have to wait for uh, this tournament. I feel like he's going to have plenty of chances. But, yeah, man, what what do you remember? Uh, what kind of stood out to you watching those guys yesterday? It was fun. We got a playoff out of it. Uh, I actually thought Scotty was going to battle his way into that playoff, but he ended up being a shot short. But, yeah, man, I mean, all the disappointment with Rom aside, what was it like uh, for you watching this tournament yesterday? And, and what did you think about uh, Cantley's win? It just sucks how costly 18 was for Scotty because he was right in the ball game. You had Cantlay spray one uh, way right, and Collins in the middle of the fairway and then finds his way in pretty much the same spot, and then we end up with yeah. the playoff after the bomb. I mean, Patrick Cantlay is just so damn good. <laughs> and all week, too, uh, I mean, Colin was the, he was leading the rounds earlier in the week, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he almost had an ace. He, I want to say he had a chip in. So, I mean, th- this tournament had a lot of, like, damn that's tough moments like he's he even had a, a shot where he went completely underneath the ball in the rough that's how thick it was out there green side but yeah it was fun like i really i didn't expect patrick Cantlay to what drain what a 25 footer on 18 to force yeah. the playoff and, yeah um just sucks for scotty because i mean he he makes a putt and he's in it too but he'll, he'll be fine yeah it was uh Cantlay played so well on sunday it, you know it was it was fitting that he ended up winning it, i was pretty impressed with uh, morikawa's ability to kind of scrap together he, he didn't seem like he was hitting the ball terribly well he was a little inconsistent but every time i looked up Cantlay had a 15 foot 10 foot birdie putt and he missed a lot of them on sunday um and then he ended up making one when it mattered but he, he ended up putting the other enough uh, birdies to 
to hold in there. And then obviously, yeah, that put on 18 was, in, was huge, but he could have won he, that thing by six, yeah. five, four, five shots. You know, if he would have made, if he was really putting that well all day. I can't remember which round it was. It had to be Saturday, but he can't like really threw me for a loop. He wasn't wearing Navy or black. And I had no <laughs> idea who this guy was sticking it. Who's this man in white and like Robin's egg blue shirt on. I was like, Oh damn, that's Patrick Cantlay. Jason Siegel's like, stunt double <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you told me that <laughs> forgetting Killer. forgetting sarah marshall out there he's like yeah. yeah that's funny um yeah he definitely you're right he is definitely uh he was wearing black on sunday right yeah he i was think he's typical. that's what if i'm he's picturing always Cantlay, a black and a navy guy yeah yeah if i'm picturing Cantley, that's what i picture him in but yeah man he's he's a nike guy right no, nah, he's like Hugo Boss, I think. Oh shit! Yeah, he's he's fancy. He's got like he's Not got his sponsors fancy. everywhere too. He's a Titleist guy. Um, he's a spice it up some. But I mean, his his game is very uh, tight, and these Pac-12 guys kind of went at it, and he came out on top. I for sure thought Colin was going to win it, especially yeah. after the the second shot or the second tee shot. But Colin was making some real clutch putts. That's why I was saying he he was having to. He was, he seemed like down the stretch, he was making putts to stay yeah. in it instead of to extend the lead yeah. or at least stay tied or Which whatever. Which is it was. usually what kills him is that yeah. flat stick. And so I was impressed. I mean, he, he had, he made a couple of like 10 ish, 10 ish footers to for par to kind of stay in it. And yeah, I was, it was impressed on 17, with that. 17, he had to make yeah. that par. Like that was, yeah. that turned out to be huge. I was but, impressed uh, with, he had some stuff. I mean, it was obviously disappointing to not, to not win, but. With the U.S. Open rolling up in a couple weeks, and and good test. Um, he's going back what, out what to were his your home thoughts state. On but... uh, the mud ball on eighteen, like, man, yeah, that that was, um, that was a little. I saw that, the most. I, I, it sucks, but yeah, it was. Uh, it, you know, I forgot who the I can't remember who it was. Uh, what was the was it CBS again? So it was probably Faldo. Um, was it CBS? I can't remember, but yeah, I think CBS. it was. But it was probably Faldo. Right when, right when they showed the ball, Faldo said, "There's ball. There's mud on the front of the ball. It's gonna come out." And he knew from just knowledge, he was like, "It's gonna come out. It's not gonna hold the air very. It's not gonna have as much backspin. It's gonna kind of knuckle." And uh, that's exactly what it did. It's exactly what it did. I don't know. Yeah, uh, because what happened? They got that real. That was that was pretty wild. I forgot about this. They got it was what were they on 16, 15, 16, something like that, and they basically kind of stood on the green while this torrential downpour played itself out over the course of like five minutes. But that was that was enough right there to give them uh, the the conditions that would have allowed that mud to be on that ball in the fairway. They didn't have any like lift clean in place in place at that point because it was. How about the uh, the idiot on fifteen start chanting that let them play when it's li- like <laughs> it is downpouring outside. Yeah, yeah, that was Collins great. Green side with the umbrella and this <laughs> let them play. Like, yeah, it was just cool. like you could tell that was when um the like other sports like fandom was just over like, coming into golf because. Yeah. He was saying, let them play as if the players wanted to play. The players were the last people that wanted to play in that stuff. They were, yeah, like, they were hoping it was going to be postponed for a second so they didn't have to putt, which I was actually surprised uh, that Colin, was it Colin that made, putted? Yeah, he, he, putted, he putted yeah. in the rain. I was like, I was surprised yeah. if he would have waited. He could have, he could have waited another, you know. He put on a, a weather glove or something. Yeah. Um, and then he ended up, I think he ended up making the, he ended up leaving it shortened, but I think he ended up making that putt. So it didn't end up costing him, but I was still surprised with that decision. Um, 
I don't know if he knew that literally like 15 seconds later there, the rules officials were out to be like, all right, uh, we need to yeah. just kind of take shelter. And yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that play out before on a, on a course. They're like, we're getting this torrential downpour. It's going to last for like five minutes and then we're going to keep playing. I've never, I don't think yeah. I've seen that when they at least take steps, I guess there was no lightning at all anywhere around, which was a good sign. They didn't have to postpone anything. So that was pretty wild. And then, uh, but yeah, like, like I was saying that, that, there that quick rain happened there was a lot of rain and a little bit of time uh everything was obviously softened up a, a lot there were no like lifting in place rules in place because it was the end of the tournament and then uh yeah. you know morikawa hits the fairway on 18 and it gets a little mud on the ball and then yeah i was impressed with i don't know if the, i don't know if he could have done anything differently I, I i don't assume that he knew that that's exactly how the ball was going to react but uh, maybe you know, moving forward, Nick. Maybe Nick Faldo will have a conversation with him. Be like, "Hey, man, if there's metal on this he side." He might of the have ball, clubbed up. We don't know. I don't know what club yeah. he did. He might have clubbed up and just you know missed it. And it was crazy watching that ball flight, though. It was literally exactly what yeah. uh, Faldo predicted. So then Patrick Cantlay ends up right next to him from being in the rough, and he's got to yeah. get a little juice in his his system seeing that. He ended up spraying it, but he had he had that angle um, and hit a you know pretty good shot from where he was, and then yeah, so they ended up just a little short game off, and then uh, and Cantley made that clutch putt, man. You got to give him props after all of that. Morikawa still, um, you know, got it up and down and and put the pressure on, and and just for Cantley to make that putt and then send it to eighteen again was pretty impressive. So. Yeah um yeah thought scotty might get in there but he just fell short but uh ended up yeah man you know rom's unfortunate shortcomings ended up leading to us having a, a pretty fun little memorial there on the sunday so that was that was pretty cool so um all right what else we got this week so the brooks bryson feud has uh carried on what's the latest with uh with that those shenanigans as, as of now <laughs> i mean outside of uh el prez trying to get <laughs> Oh, he's trying to get Bryson on his uh, bag, right? He's trying to get Brooks. Is it Brooks on his bag? He's playing Brooks left-handed. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Brooks is playing left-handed against uh, the what's his name? Uh, Barstool president. Um, Yeah, Portnoy. Portnoy. Yeah, brain's not working right now. Um, and then he's trying to. Yeah, he's he's. I mean, obviously, I saw him sitting. Uh, he was sitting in between Mayweather and uh Jake Paul this weekend too. So he's he's turning into like like a. Like a modern day, like, like I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure Brooks? who to compare. No, no, no. Portnoy, like who to compare him to? Uh, he's El Prez, man. There's nobody. To yeah, do. but he's like his. He's dabbling in all these different sports, like putting on fights, also trying to put on golf tournaments. Like it's pretty impressive. But uh, I'm trying to. There's no one really to impress. Him, he's so attending fights. He's not putting on fights. But true. Yeah. He's just famous enough. Yeah. True. Um. But I mean, I don't like this. It was really funny to start with. Is it getting old? It's just like. Yeah, is it, think, is it wearing for me? On it's kind of like whatever now, yeah. because after Brooks, because I mean Bryson's getting dudes kicked out of the memorial, then Brooks comes over to the top with whoever got kicked out of the memorial for said incident and gets a, a free case of beer from Mick Ultra. Like it's just, <laughs> uh, I don't. I mean, I get it. It's funny, but now it's like, all right, guys. Listen. Yeah, it's it's getting pretty old. Like I I listen to some some podcasts and they uh, that you know people just vehemently hate Bryson and talk about it over and you know that's all they talk about <laughs> it's, yeah uh, i don't know man because it's not like you know we talked about it i i always i feel like both of them are are it's that it is a pretty interesting situation but i don't really know if we need tmz as part of golf but uh at the same time it makes it more entertaining i just don't know it's getting it's getting to the point where it's kind of more awkward and cringy than it is like hilarious well, the, the timing of it's kind of 
good too with the whole incentivized social media presence from the yeah. PGA Tour. So I don't. I'm not saying anything between those two, but it would it would be uh, fun. It would like surprise me. Yeah, I mean, people like a, trying to make their their uh their name for them to make a little bit more money. The PGA yeah. is going to update that 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 whole that uh, list. competition to be like, all right, <laughs> it can only you, you social media influence, but you also have to be positive. It can't be like negative. Yeah. <laughs> They're probably going to update it. It could be like Max Homa, like playing, yeah. finally getting around. Bro, the Max, golf that Max should win. The, the Max is the champ. That's <laughs> Max isn't trolling anyone. He like his product is like he was just doing it, and it was funny. And then uh, and that then, dude and that's it, trolled him like day blah 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 of me trying to get around with <laughs> Max Homa. He finally does it, and now now yeah. you've got people asking Brooks. You got. And the dude tweets yeah. back like I've created a monster. <laughs> and, yep. You can't give in to the to the trolls. You can't even acknowledge the trolls. Even if it's like a positive, you, if, <laughs> a net positive for whatever you're acknowledging them for, you you just you can't do it. But yeah, I agree with you. I think it is uh like it's not anything I'm excited to hear about anymore. I'm just like, uh, okay. Uh, I guess it it's not getting old. It's more of like, all right, let's let's see this on the golf course at some point. Yeah. Like it'd be, Maybe really, it can eat. It'd be yeah. really fun if we can get a final pairing yeah. with these two or yep. <laughs> the U S open really decides to grow a pair and put them together. <laughs> yeah. For the it would first be, two um, Yeah. I don't, I, I'm not sure what, like in what direction this feud can evolve to make it no. stay like not, I don't know. In the, Cause in the at the main. end of the day, you're still playing golf against each other. You're not going to be like, you just, yeah. pro- they're probably not even going to talk to each other. I'm not really so. sure. And, and then in like 30 years, they can, uh, when they're, you know, kind of old and out of the limelight, they can fight, they can have a boxing match and yeah, and for millions of dollars, yeah, make millions of dollars and we'll all be disappointed in the result, but they'll still make millions of dollars and laugh at us as they, uh, they cry into their money. <laughs> yeah. Um, science versus Brooks and Bryson's like asking him what eight times nine is and shit like that. My, I finally had a take. I was like, Bryson and Brooks are both going to rub people the wrong way at, at times, uh, and then I think Bryson does it because he's a weirdo and Brooks does it just because he's kind of like a dick in general. So it's like they, they're trying to be DJ, but they're not going to like the yeah. level that DJ's at. Uh, DJ's I would, I would take offense to that. If I was Brooks, though, yeah. DJ doesn't have uh DJ's got what half as many majors as Brooks does. So uh, he doesn't have a ma- uh, he does have a master's though. So he, not the yeah. most recent masters, even though it was only like f- six months ago, but uh but um but from a career standpoint dj's definitely had the better career yeah i mean ooh, that's that that'd be a good comparison like I mean, hell, not, I mean, take away golf before. take away golf like who's winning more like brooks is doing pretty well dj's pretty doing well, pretty Johnson's well. like, dj's pretty making babies with yeah. the greatest uh hockey player of all time i, I wouldn't even say take away golf like i think with the <laughs> golf it's i don't think yeah. it's a question of who's had a better career like the only thing that Brooks has over Bryson, or sorry, over DJ is majors, yeah. that number of majors. But it's, it, but it's not like DJ hasn't won them. Like he's, yeah. DJ has how many wins on tour? 24. Yeah. And, and like, Brooks has but six. two majors. Yeah. Four, <laughs> so, I mean, four majors. He's just, Brooks yeah. is about that ratio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what, uh, I, that's what, I don't know, in, in like 10 years where they're at, but I don't, it, it's probably going to continue along that trend because I think DJ uh, cares about, normal tournaments a little bit more yeah Yeah. and he's and he's got the game when he's healthy to to kind of i don't know either way uh we're talking about dj and brooks they're both going to be the only players of note at this week's palmetto championship at congaree which is the tournament that was thrown in uh to replace the what was it canadian open Mm -hmm. uh canadian open canada is just still not doing anything like they uh 
like last week they canceled their uh, grand prix so the F- formula one's not going there this year and Canada's just like nah we only have 30 million people we, we're a country the size of america with the, the population of california but we're we're gonna keep stuff shut down sorry screw everybody but i don't know what their problem is i don't know why they, they can't have golf tournaments or formula one races or whatever else it may be but i mean yeah what, who is it the the raptors played in tampa the uh uh the the blue jays are playing in tampa like it's just weird i don't know what canada's deal is but sorry that was my canada tangent um but either way we have the uh they threw together a course uh it's gonna be played in south carolina this week palmetto championship at congaree dj and brooks are there that's about all i know about this this tournament this course uh the field is not that strong except those two guys but uh well we will have you got stuff. those two tyrell hat and sung jay okay. tommy fleetwood ian poulter yeah, a little Matthew better. Patrick and Siwoo Kim. That's Man. about it. I gotta commend Ian Poulter. That dude is literally like on a is is one of the biggest grind. He plays every week, like every yeah. single week. That's what he does. He does. I want to say his family is here and they like travel with him. And so that's his kind of son a cool... is a his son's a pretty good junior golfer too. So yeah. I think that has a lot to do with it. I'm assuming um, he probably has like residency in like Florida or something. But yeah, he's he's I'm a pretty grinder. sure. He's always grinding. He's always making cuts. Like, what is he, 40 or something at this point? Like, got to give him props for that, man. Ian Poulter. Yes. It'd be cool if he won. He's never won before, has he? Um, PJ in... Tour, he's got a few wins. Okay. I was, he's annoying as hell in the Ryder Cup, but I, I don't <laughs> yeah. mind him. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he hadn't won in a while, I don't think. But, yeah. I mean, he's won like a Ian Poulter. He, it's been a while. I guess he won the Houston Open in 2018, and then before oh, okay. that it was like 2012 and 2010. He won the, yeah. the match play and the a, a WG two WGCs. That's, that's not what gets his heart racing, though. You know, it's every two years. Yeah, when he gets put on that team, Europe. Well, he's one of those. <laughs> he's sure. one of those European guys that's won his tournaments overseas. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He's had a great career, and the Ryder Cup's just a cherry on top of that. He's he dominates pretty much. He's. Who knew this little British guy could strike so much fear in the hearts of Americans <laughs> everywhere? <laughs> um, yeah, he's man. That, he's like that. He's the creative player rival on every golf game. Yeah, yeah. He's that guy. So uh, this week we will be checking out, hopefully DJ and Brooks make the cut. Maybe one of them will be in contention. So we'll uh, be a little bit more exciting to check it out on the weekend. But uh, Palmetto Championship at Congaree. And then next week, the U.S. Open. We will be back. We'll have a more thorough uh, preview podcast for that i'm pumped for the u.s open i there's nothing better than watching uh tory pines for four days it's it's the best yes. uh, it's one of my favorite courses i've actually been there it's uh the what you see on tv it doesn't do it justice it's uh, just an absolutely incredible place so i am ex- extremely pumped to uh for the u.s open this year but uh anything else man before we go i'm good man Let's everybody be sure to don't get COVID if you're winning a golf tournament by eight shots Sorry, John Rom. Okay, well, that's it for us. We will be back next week previewing or, I guess, recapping uh, this week's Palmetto Championship at Congaree, and we will get you ready for the U.S. Open. I'm looking forward to it. Hope you are, too. Um, That's it for us, though. We'll see you next week. Don't forget to whip out the big stick. Thank you for listening to the Big Stick Golf Podcast. I mean, the crowd was unbelievable. We should see the best players in the world. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. I wish we could play in front of crowds like this, you know, every single week. Until next time, take care. Otto Palmer is the master champion of 19th century. He has birdies.